Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the StarCast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Jake Barrison. On the show this week, we will be discussing Nintendo Direct News, The Last Guardian as well, and some uh, some big calls by PlayStation. We've got so much to go through because last episode was just all about the PlayStation conference. So we're going to catch you guys up all this week. Uh, but before we do, we got to see who's joining us from the Press Start team. I am joined today by Ewan Youngblood Roxburgh. Hello, thanks for having me, Jake. I'm glad Matthew isn't here this week because he's just not mature enough to handle an episode by this number. No, absolutely not. Uh, Thank you, Matthew, for not uh, being here. And we're also uh, joined by Stephen, the bearded one, Imsen. I am bearded, hey. Yeah, I love it. That's why I nicknamed you that. (laughs) Stephen, the bearded one. Yeah, we're, we're all be in a tavern prior to our <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons quest. Except I wish I could grow a beard. <laughs> keep trying. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there, day. Jake. Alas, I keep no trying. beard for us. <laughs> Maybe next birthday I'll instantly sprout one if I try hard enough. That's how it happens. <laughs> if ah, there's a cool. will, there's a way. Well, uh, talking about beards, how about we talk about what we've been playing in the last week, huh? That's uh, a solid segue. Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't quite pan out there, Jake. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, Steve, do you want to uh, start with what you've been playing? Oh, man. This week has basically been Overwatch because it's always Overwatch now. Um, but aside from that, so popular. It, it's so good. I it's love so it. It's so good, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm sure we've covered that so much. But So the main thing I've been playing that's not Overwatch is... The just recently released Psychopaths Mandatory Happiness on the Vita, or, or it's on PS4 as well. That? Well, it is sort of a dystopian sci-fi anime-styled visual novel. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of taken me a bit for surprise. Like, I've played a lot of visual novels like Danganronpa and stuff like that, but they have some actual sort of gameplay sections or trial sections that kind of break things up a little bit this one is basically a visual novel in that you read and then you make a decision from a menu and then you read for another hour until the next decision happens it's 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 fun but don't expect there to be much of a much of a game or more so it's like hyped up goosebumps (laughs) yeah yeah choose your own sci-fi adventure pretty much that's cool but yeah, no, it's pretty interesting so far. I won't go into too much story because I haven't finished it and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who happens to want to play it. But like it's um sort of set, as I mentioned, sort of in a sci-fi universe where they, there's like an all-knowing computer system that basically judges people to determine what their job would be, to determine their likelihood of being a criminal and things like that. And it sort of controls oh. the yeah, every element of society in that way. Um, and you're playing as a guy who was a criminal and is now sort of on the way to reforming and you are able to basically you enforce people who are going to be criminals by shooting them with a gun that only allows you to shoot them if they're a criminal and yeah it's it's kind of interesting it goes into some like really interesting fairly heavy themed cases like there's stuff involving like child abuse and kidnapping and stuff it's kind of Jeez. way more intense than i thought it would be um yeah, wow. but yeah it's as as much of it. It's basically a book, but it's an interesting book so far. Yeah, cool. It sounds very interesting. Not, yeah. uh, I haven't played a game like that before, so yeah, mm, I have to look up it. <laughs> I look it up a little bit more. Um, 
Ewan, have you been getting that intense with your gaming? I know you got a list of things uh, you've been playing. Yeah, I've not gotten that immersed into anything. I've just been like dabbling here and there. Um, I had a lot I wanted to talk about because it's been a while since we had a chance to talk about what we've been playing. Um, I've done a fairly lengthy sort of preview on Final Fantasy 15 sort of over the last couple of weeks. That if it's now on the site, so if you want to go and check that out, uh, I would appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, I basically talked about how much I really liked Final Fantasy 15, despite all the sort of shade being thrown its way. I guess it's been dissed a bit. <laughs> whoa, 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 but, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait. You'd like it. Yeah, I liked it. It was really good. You've been well, saying this whole time that you're like, oh, oh it doesn't look good, well, Jake. Every time I've been like, oh, it looks <laughs> good. You've been like, oh, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I wrote it off. Um, and look, it does It does have problems. I, I want to stress that. But as like a relative sort of newcomer to the franchise uh i quite liked it like the story was was quite impressive it sets it up well um you know it's let down by like voice acting uh, the open world felt a little empty and the kind of car driving wasn't so great but the combat felt really awesome um it was all it's obviously all real time now i think we spoke before we have kind of a mutual disinterest in sort of time-based combat or turn-based combat sorry um yeah. but it's all real time it's all very action intensive but tactics are still there as i believe they are so closely related to the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, so I actually had a lot of time, a lot of fun playing it. Um, and you can start seeing like how the systems. I play, I only played the first three hours, but like you can start seeing how like the systems take place and the progression is going to work. Um, and the sort of like relations between your party sort of develop. So I I left wanting to play more of it, which I think is kind of what you would want to say coming out of a preview. Um, but in addition to that, I was playing like tons of the Battlefront. Sorry, the Battlefield 1 beta. I must have played like 15 hours of that all up, which I was pretty proud of. Um, and I've also been playing some Mega Man because we've established that I'm relatively young. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have this extensive what? sort of gaming upbringing and I missed a lot of the sort of classics. Um, so I'm, I am trying to like gradually go back and play some of these games. Uh, so I've been playing a bit of Mega Man 2. Uh, I got the, uh, the collection um, in the recent sales uh, and with the help of some guides and stuff, I've been like playing through them uh, and I've really been really enjoying it. Um, Mega Man 2 especially is a lot, a lot of fun. So yeah. That's a bit of a taste of what I've been playing. But Jake, what have you been playing? Uh, well, thanks to the team and a wonderful update with Rocket League, I've been uh, playing some Rocket League Rumble, mm -hmm. uh, which is a fantastic addition to that game. Jumped on the other night with yourself, Ewan, Matt, and uh, Shannon, and we definitely had some hilarious fun. Uh, Shannon and I with our score streak of 7-2 to two to Ewan and Matt. Uh, Ewan wasn't very impressed with that. <laughs> Well, uh, so let's be honest. It was, it was largely out. Matt's fault. Like it, you know, he uh, was wasn't, doing pretty well. I he think, wasn't uh, really carrying his weight, to be honest. Let's uh, just, just you know, just putting it out there. Let's just say your team wasn't really a team uh, <laughs> with all the kind of banter throwing between your two. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think it's a really great addition to that game. Like that game is already like one of my favorite games ever. And uh, putting in power-ups and just all these crazy things that you can now do to score a goal or to block your opponents is just like, just so funny and just so entertaining. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to play that yet, I definitely recommend it. 
Um, and we are probably definitely going to be playing some more here on the team as well. Mm. So It adds an element fun. of randomness, doesn't it? I mean, like, you know, the, oh, the skill kind of element is kind of removed from it and you can kind of get lucky a lot more of the time, a bit fluky, you know. It's probably why you guys did so well. Like, uh, you just I mean, got I, the power-ups coming up your way, clearly. Great shots. You guys just got spikes all the time and just walked nah, it in. Nah, it is It is quite <laughs> good, though, like, the elements it brings, like, like you said, it's like super randomized, but like, it's like every time you go to shoot a goal and someone freezes the ball in mid mid air, like every time you're like, oh god, like yep, yep, I know what that brings like. some really good, <laughs> so brings some really good moments into it. So quality fun, quality fun for the whole family. <laughs> uh, but let's see what else is going to bring quality fun to the whole family with the games coming out this week. Nice. So what we Probably. do have on, uh, well, today, actually, today being Tuesday when we're recording, we've got uh, several games coming out. First being uh, ReCore for Xbox One and Windows 10, uh, highly anticipated from a few people. I do believe that our review is up of it already, uh, so go read that if you wish to. We also have Dead Rising Trilogy for the PS4 and Xbox One uh, available as well. Uh, you guys going to pick this one up? I know Dead Rising is a bit of a popular one amongst yeah. the team. I've never really played any Dead Rising, so I'm tempted oh, What by a this. great opportunity to. Yeah. I think I might actually grab it. Like back when the first Dead Rising came out on, like, on 360, it was technically amazing, but I didn't really dig it, sort of the fact that you would die and lose all your progress and have to basically start again kind of put me off but mm. i don't know i think i i could appreciate that kind of game now so i'm keen to give it a go uh we also have arrive for ps4 xbox one wii u and pc i have no idea what this game's about does I'm, anyone i'm just amazed that games are still coming out to the wii u honestly <laughs> yeah I, I felt weird saying wii u i was like what is this what is this console here well yeah um, i forget about it too sometimes to be honest so yeah well that's a that's an interesting one. Wii U fans out there, there is a game coming for you guys. So look, uh, rive up if you wish to. Uh, we also have Pac-Man Championship Edition Two for the PS4 and Xbox One. Definitely watch the trailer. It's got some mad music in there. I was listening before, um, but the other two said that number one was very good. So number two must be just as good. Uh, must be twice we as also, good. Ah. God, I should have used that wording. That's why you're <laughs> you're here with me for this. Uh, we got Bioshock the Collection for PS4 and Xbox One. Definitely mass appeal for this one. We got some Bio Bioshock fans amongst the team here. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so I don't know if I, we might have mentioned this a while back because I thought this game was coming out soon for some reason. Um, mm. but like I've only played Infinite and I got just way too scared of the first Bioshock to, uh, to play it. So this is my opportunity to go back and, oh, totally and play the it. first two games, I think. As a grown adult. As a, gr as a grown adult, yeah, with a few extra pants. Yeah, it's all yep. good. Let's do it. Yeah, you can afford your own pants now, so afford... you can buy some extra ones. Yep, I can avoid... I can... Yeah, yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have NHL 17 for PS4 and Xbox One coming out for all you hockey fans. And continuing with the sports, we have PES 2017. That's a soccer game, right? Yeah, I yeah. I don't follow that for Yeah, you can tell you struggled with it when one. you pronounced it P-E-S. I think people just call it Pez. <laughs> Pez. Oh, sorry, God. I'm amazed they're still like trying to bring it to FIFA. Like I thought FIFA had yeah. sort of secured this victory years ago, and yet Pez is still kicking around. 
yeah that's weird even like with fifa and like evo yeah that's that's true konami do have to do something <laughs> uh we also got uh sports related nba 2k17 on ps4 xbox one 360 and ps3 uh that is available on friday uh for you guys listening at home and finishing up with dragon quest 7 once again roman numerals making my brain work really fast <laughs> uh fragments of the forgotten pass on 3ds releasing on saturday it's ramping uh, so, up uh, it's ramping up more games yeah i was to gonna say out. some quality games coming out uh which is very exciting it's getting to that time of the year where you know our wallets get very empty and our shelves get very full with all the games releasing yeah and props Um, to xbox as well they've really got some kind of good stuff hitting at the moment like with the record this week and i'm fairly sure force is out next week as well like yeah they're they're doing well good on them well, speaking of all the games releasing, we've recently had a Nintendo Direct talking about more games that they've going to release. So in the past week, a bunch of new Nintendo 3DS content was announced at Nintendo's Direct live stream. Uh, Pikmin is getting a side-scrolling game. Yoshi's Woolly World is also coming to the 3DS as Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World with new levels, stop motion animations, and a Poochie amiibo, if that made sense. I feel like it didn't. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Maker is making its way over to with a hundred nintendo designed courses course building tools but some watered down online functionality so uh what do you guys make of the announcement steven did you uh follow this at all oh yeah i was watching it as it happened and i don't know the overall theme that i found was they're sure bringing a lot of games that were on the wii u to the 3ds where people might actually buy them i guess so it's <laughs> it's it's good in a way like i'm probably not going to buy yoshi's woolly world or mario maker because i've already got them on another console but there are a lot of people that don't have wii U's that do have 3ds's so i mean great for them Hmm. I thought I'll mention as well. There's a, a ton of different games to so to read through them uh, a little bit. We've got Metroid uh, Prime Federation Force already uh, released. Uh, we've mentioned about Dragon Quest releasing soon, but we've got other things like Mario Party Star Rush, uh, Paper Mario. We've got obviously the uh, NES Mini coming out later on. We've got Pokemon Moon and Sun, uh, Super Mario Maker, Woolly World, uh, Mario Sports Superstar. Uh, coming out later in 2017 as well uh so it's just like it's a massive lineup if you guys want to read all these games uh coming out be sure to read up on uh, the article that we do have up on the website um but ewan do you think uh is this isn't like an effort to put all the decent we get you games on the 3ds to get a little bit more exposure do you reckon yeah and that's exactly what Stephen was touching on i think um and i'm exactly that person i've got a 3ds when i don't have a wii u and i don't particularly have much interest in getting a wii u but to see these games coming over to 3ds it gives me a reason to pick them up i think and, and to play them and just uh looking at that list that you read through jake um there's a there's a fair few that stand out to me um obviously pokemon moon and sun i'm pokemon go has created more of an interest in me uh in pokemon that i've had in a long time and it's sort of made me understand the hooks of that game of pokemon games more so now uh so i think moon and sun i'll probably pick up and i'll get into that um super mario maker i love the idea for that on wii u it wasn't enough to sell me on a wii u uh, but now that i can play that on a console i already own sounds super exciting to me um i also love the sort of side scrolling uh platforming games that nintendo do they 
more often than not hit. Uh, so Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World, I'm interested in, and as well as the, the Pikmin side scroller that they announced too. Um, so yeah, like this has kind of crept up on me because I really have remained kind of distant from Nintendo over the past couple of years. Um, Initially with the Nintendo DS, I was a big fan, uh, as I was with the Wii. Uh, but my sort of interest in, in in both, I guess, kind of really died down over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, there's there are at least three or four games in this list, I think, that would have a lot of interest for me and would would see me picking up my 3DS again for the first time in, in some time. Yeah, like, uh, I'm kind of similar. Like, I... I don't have a wii u but i also don't have a 3ds and when i saw this lineup i was like oh my god i absolutely need to get one like i was already interested in getting one like you know obviously when things like way back when like super smash and everything came onto it i was like yes i'm gonna get one never did um but this kind of this lineup really does i guess ignite that enthusiasm once again uh, same as you, you and like with Pokemon Go, I'm really interested to get back into like the Pokemon game. So, you know, Pokemon Moon and Sun, I think does good work in terms of like, you know, doing something different, but also kind of having that nostalgia factor with like some of the old Pokemons in it as well. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really cool lineup. I'm actually interested like with Mario's uh, sports superstars look pretty cool. Mm. Um, and even like just the Paper Mario games too uh, look quite good. Um with the lineup that's here so i don't know whether or not i will kind of get one uh, still yet to see but i'm definitely i'm definitely researching it a lot more than i had done uh previously uh but what do you guys think do you think that this kind of this lineup and this support for the 3ds will kind of carry nintendo into the nx release yeah i think it probably will um I I think Nintendo or the interest in Nintendo again, you know, maybe it's just coming from my perspective. Perhaps it's an um, an, an opinion only I possess, uh, but they seem to be kind of gradually coming back into the limelight again. Uh, there certainly seems to be a lot more interest in them. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of dissatisfaction surrounding uh, PlayStation's messaging and their kind of course at the moment, uh, and the Xbox One's not really gained that much traction. So. I think, you know, people have a lot of curiosity in the NX and they're sort of optimistic that it is kind of going to really listen to gamers and give them what the, what they want. Um, so I think like seeing the 3DS supported so well and that anticipation for the NX is going to tide Nintendo over quite well, I think. Um, obviously, Pokemon Go, I think, has contributed to a lot of interest in Nintendo and their properties as well. So I think, yeah, like interest is and hype, I suppose, is really sort of ramping up. Um, and if that translates in the short term to Nintendo 3DS sales, uh, I think that's a huge bonus for them. Um, but Stephen, like, what do you what do you make of that? I think, I don't know, the most interesting part of this whole sort of final stretch of the 3DS and the Wii U to me is that it looks very, very similar to how the GameCube ended. I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but like back then that we had a Zelda game that eventually got ported over to the to the Wii. You had a Star Fox game nobody really liked. There's just so many weird parallels that are kind of just interesting to think about. I think, I don't know, for me personally, I don't think I'll be playing too much Nintendo for the foreseeable future as far as new game releases go. Like I'll... I'll enjoy Pokemon Sun and Moon, I'm sure. Dragon Quest, if I get time. Um, probably the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is the the NES Mini. Like yeah. the news of that being having like really nice, well, hopefully better emulation than the Wii U does for those games. It's kind of 
makes me happy that I pre-ordered one while I could and heck if I just play Kirby's Adventure forever that'll be fine with me until the NX comes out on that have pre-orders come like are they back available yet or is there any word on that because I I didn't get a pre-order down and I think I would be tempted if I could any I'm idea not sure actually I don't back? know if it has mm, disappointing hopefully they uh, get some more units ramped up in production soon Considering how what? they've pretty much pre-sold out now, like they'd be crazy not to give more stock, especially when it's oh, getting yeah. to around Christmas and people who didn't know about it before will start seeing it on shelves and go, gosh, that's a cool thing. So yeah, well, I was away at the time and fast asleep at the time of the announcement. And it was just like, I just totally missed it. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah, like hopefully they do get some more on the market before Christmas. That'd be great. What do you guys think like with, this lineup for the 3DS and obviously the NX coming out and the NX being this rumored like hybrid portable hybrid home console. Mm. Do you think it's going to take over like the 3DS as Nintendo's portable gaming solution or not so much? Um, yeah, I think so. I think if it is a hybrid console, then yeah, it will kind of replace the 3DS. Um, yeah, that'd be weird. I guess that would be kind of a, a big change for Nintendo, but I can't see them doing sort of a hybrid console and then uh, handheld on the side. That doesn't make much sense to me. Um, and just the way... So that, do sorry, go on. What are you asking? I was just going to say, so do you think that the NX will have like support for 3DS games? It's uh, a good question. That is a good question. Um, I think well, the I mean, biggest there's... obstacle there will be the split screens. They might be able to find a way around it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. hard to say. That's a good ah, point. food for thought. I just thought I'd throw a curveball <laughs> in there, you know. It is Honestly, interesting. I... It's real exciting because, like, the, mm. the, th- the 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 DS uh, or the 3DS is like quite well known for having reiterations somewhat regularly, like especially in the days of like the DS Lite and the DSi and all those different variations we mm. had almost on an annual basis. Since the most recent sort of upgrade to the new 3DS or whatever it was called, um, I don't feel like there's been that much kind of uh, energy, I guess, put in like hardware revisions or anything like that. I mean, we've had like a couple of different colors and stuff. Most recently, this like funky galactic, like Galaxy one. Um, but yeah, like maybe, like maybe there is kind of like a timing sort of scenario here of they're letting the Wii U sort of go by the wayside and the 3DS kind of go by the, the wayside at the same time to sort of reimagine both as the Nintendo NX. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of hope that is the way they go forward because you can see, especially in this generation just gone, you could see their sort of development resources were split between Wii yeah. U and 3DS. And if they could have just had all of their all of their focus on one platform that can be both handheld and at home, they sort of would have had a lot more games for one console rather than split across a few of them. Yeah. And sort of mm. on the like the iterative topic, it's all rumors of course at this point, but the rumors of the NX being powered by mobile processors like Nvidia's Tegra apparently. Mm. It sort of makes me think that the whole sort of iteration idea could be way more likely i guess because you get mobile uh, mobile technologies sort of iterating and getting ridiculously more powerful year on year and it wouldn't be out of the question for them to sort of jump on that train as long as old games don't become incompatible and we have a whole weird issue around that it's, it seems like mm. a more likely thing than you know a slightly better 3ds that kind of flops yeah fair enough 
Um, one more addition to th- Nintendo news before we uh, move on. We do have uh, the Pokemon Go Plus is finally coming out very, very shortly. As of September 16th, there will be extremely limited stocks available. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's only through... Is it only through EB Games? Yeah, I think so. I so. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, then it's probably too late, to be totally yeah, honest. Yeah, I think this is probably <laughs> like... Maybe we shouldn't have even bothered including this in because they went on sale today as a recording, I think. Or was it yesterday? No, yesterday. Time is a blur, yeah. So they went on yesterday. So the a- site crashed, I'm fairly sure. So there's clearly a lot of interest in them. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I doubt if you're listening to this, you're probably not able to get one. But you know, the, but we might get them again knows? in the future. Like maybe they'll you might get produce lucky. some more. Yeah. Who knows? Well, let's move on to the next topic. And this is something that we consistently get moving forward with uh, gaming. And that's remasters. Uh, so we've spoken about remasters somewhat in the past, but they're back in the news this week with the rumored release of Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection in November and Peter Moore's dismissive comments regarding the Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D, the classic 1996 shooter. We, uh, cons- well, I can't read that word. What is that's the word thank you (laughs) discussed last week uh was confirmed as having a remake on the way coming to ps4 xbox one and pc with original and updated graphics new music composed by the original sound designer and a brand new episode with eight original episodes created by the original designers a friend of the show mad mikey love the guy and all his tweets uh have tweeted has tweeted in uh, a while back complaining about the persistent releases of remasters and remakes so we thought we'd probably recap on this topic a little bit more. So where do you guys come down on uh, remasters? Ewan, do you like them? Do you not like them? Uh, yeah, so like me and Mad Mikey were having an exchange over Twitter like some time ago about about remasters. I was kind of defending some remasters, and uh, as was he to a degree, but then sort of critiquing the sort of remaster uh, sort of culture, I guess, as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. It certainly does seem to be in this generation that we've had this kind of abundance of remasters. Um, and I'm wondering if it is like starting to go a little over the line. But the, the problem is like as soon as we get a remaster or there's news for a remaster, there's like almost a 50 50 split of people that are excited for it and people that are oh yet another remaster why don't you kind of make an original game and it's like well there's clearly that audience there because there are people excited for this so i don't know if we should be taking it away from them um you know like i the news pieces here that you've just just read out um the assassin's creed exio collection you know a remaster of assassin's creed 2 is is fine but i don't know if we necessarily need the entire Ezio kind of saga i guess um, Mass Effect, I think, would make a lot of sense just because those games were released over such a long period of time uh, and people have kind of jumped into that franchise at, in varying states at different times. Uh, we've obviously got Andromeda just around the corner as well. Uh, and then we have like something like Duke Nukem 3D, right? Which wasn't released or hasn't, like, was released back in 1996, like ages ago. Uh, and that remaster is coming out with a whole bunch of original content made by the people that originally made the game. So I think that's like really cool features and there's something more to it other than just like a straight up remaster. Um, mm. So I'm kind of like mixed on it because half of the remasters that are announced, I have absolutely no interest in, but half of them I do. So I don't really know like if I can 
just blanket rule, no remasters, because I'd be missing out on half of the things I enjoy and stopping half of the people out there, half of the gamers out there from getting remasters of games they would enjoy. Um, so, I mean, like, it is tricky. Uh, maybe there would be, it would be nice to get new games. It, it almost kind of speaks to, like, what Hollywood are doing with remakes and whatever. Like, they're just kind of tried and tested studio, uh, like, uh, franchises that they know are going to make a quick buck. Um, so yeah. maybe it would be nice to see some more ambition, like some more kind of resources being dedicated towards new games and new IPs. Um, but, yeah, like, at the same time, like, I see something like the Duke Nukem remaster uh, or the Mass Effect trilogy remaster, which I would also get a kick out of. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is so bad. Like, I would still want to play these. Um, and it's not like we're short of abundance and new games to play as well. So, yeah, I am I really don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about this one, to be honest. Steven, what about you? Where do you sit? I'm all in favor of remasters. Like, even there are a lot, especially the ones we've talked about today, like the Ezio Collection and Duke Nukem 3D, I probably won't play them personally. But the fact that you don't have to go out and find a PS3 or an Xbox 360 to be able to catch up on the Assassin's Creed series or, you know, hopefully the Mass Effect trilogy, even though that seems fairly not going to happen from what we can tell. Um, But, yeah, I just... I just really like the idea of making games accessible to the current audience. Like, the I think um, you and you were talking about uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Yeah. That's obviously it's a remaster a, a little bit further off than last generation, but mm. just the idea of being able to play games without having to find an old console, especially if it's even older than like 360 or PS3. Like, I've been wanting to play the Silent Hill games, and I had to find uh, ps2 and find copies of the uh, silent hill 2 3 and 4 to be able to play them let's just ignore the remake that came out which was a bit trash <laughs> but um yeah like if if we can just get games that are playable on current consoles backwards compatibility might be even better and save a lot mm. of effort but at the same time like i don't think any of these remasters are taking much if any like development time away from actual new games. Like we can have remasters that sort of funnel back into the development of a new game or like with Assassin's Creed, I'm sure that they didn't just take the Assassin's Creed team off and say, you're remastering the same games again. Then you start on Assassin's Creed, whatever next one, like this will just be a side team remastering games that are already existing while I guess the main team are taking another year extra to get the, or sorry, to get the new Assassin's Creed game, looking nice and being good I, yeah i'm all about it i don't have any problem with remasters yeah and, and that kind of introduces something else to it as well it's like it's giving kind of other studios some work it's giving people like game de developers some some job kind of remastering importing games um and i think like we are still seeing that new ips can come out and show some interest like nomad sky obviously had a whole amount of interest attached to it uh horizon zero dawn again has a lot of a lot of hype surrounding it uh, and there's a new IPs. So I think we're increasingly seeing that kind of new games can draw as much attention. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we have these remasters that are also doing well and are of interest to a lot of a lot of gamers. Um, maybe though, like we need a rule that's like, if the game is more than five years old, it's okay to remaster it. But if it's <laughs> something that can be accessed more readily, like as simple as like through backwards compatibility like uh the xbox one's now doing or just getting your hands on a ps3 and inserting your blu-ray on that maybe that's okay and those games should be off limits um yeah i don't know like jake where do you come down on remasters i'm kind of like 
in between like i i i kind of agree what with you uh you and when you know you kind of like some of them like the Ezio collection for me i just feel like that's that's too soon to be doing a remaster of that, even though there, it has been some years uh, since, uh, you know, the first Ezio kind of uh, introduction game. But, like, for me, this just still feels too new for that to kind of uh, be there. Um, and I was thinking about that before. It's funny that you mentioned, like, you know, make a year rule or something like that. And, you know, I, I think there kind of needs to be. Like, what, like I understand what you're saying Stephen, with you know it kind of allows you know people that you know wanted to play them and you know you don't want to kind of go hunting for an old console to play you know these games and everything but i think too like it needs to be like for a remaster i think it needs to be you know this great classic game or just this great game that had like really awesome gameplay a really awesome storyline that we haven't uh, been out of play for years and years and years and now we've brought it into the next generation of uh gaming like for me like the Ezio collection that was still like majorly apart on like the the ps3 and the xbox 360 and like that was just last generation like for me i think that might be just too soon like you know what i mean like maybe maybe if it was like one of the first release games i can't really exactly remember when you know assassin's creed exactly came out with the ps3 and 360 but yeah i don't know i for me i just think about remaster as being these like awesome old classic games or just these like really uh you know industry shaking games that were released that you know would be crazy not to want to play again um which some are but also some aren't so uh, like it's a it's a really like gray area i think mm. like you can't you can't be like no i hate remasters but then in your catalog you've got three remastered games mm. because oh well i really actually like these ones um mm. i can know, certainly it's... see where mad mikey is coming from though um but i think that, oh absolutely i think that there definitely is something to like the authenticity of going back to the original console that a game was released on and playing it on that system. Um, I'm sort of repeating myself here, but there was something kind of like, so thinking back on it now, there's something so nostalgic about, you know, going to my gateway PC and firing up Windows 97 and switching it over to MS-DOS mode so I could play Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's something just kind of real, sort of tangible and sort of ephemeral, I guess, about that sort of experience. Um, and that's something yeah. you're not going to get by firing open Steam and booting up the remastered Duke Nukem 3D. Um, so Yeah, but I think it, it comes from what, like, Stephen was saying, that, like, that's just so much of an effort. And then what if you don't have that stuff anymore? You have to go hunting to find like that platform that it originally came on not to mention the game itself yeah that that's true but you know that's why i think like uh we talked about nintendo's entertainment system mini why i think something like that is so special because it's kind of replicating yeah. not just the games but the entire experience that surrounded it um hmm. whilst also obviously adding kind of a more modern touch um but you know the, the fact that that machine can even boot up in like a 4-3 aspect ratio uh like your old sort of crt television i i think it's just really 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 cool um and i think that kind of gets a little lost in translation uh with these remasters like it's very important to remember that like these games come out at a particular time and place and there's this kind of 
uh, technological and sort of cultural context that surrounds it, and you just lose that in a straightforward remaster. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're like, you know, like I'm obviously going through this because I'm trying to go back to this back catalogue and experience these, um, and, you know, playing Symphony of the Night on a PS Vita, however great it is, obviously isn't the same to playing it on the PS1. Um, but, like, yeah, I think I think there is still a sort of mindfulness that comes from playing it on the system as it was intended. Um, I appreciate that that's not always an easy thing to do. Uh, so I guess remasters is a good alternative. Um, but yeah, like it's just kind of, I thought worth throwing that in the mix as well. But, you know, sometimes the, the experience itself is part of the, uh, part of the fun. Yeah, I definitely yeah, don't absolutely. disagree. Like I'm someone that has a cupboard full of old consoles. I don't think I've ever sold a console and I have just, more than oh, I can feasibly well. pick, more than I can mm. feasibly hook up to a TV, and it's it's nice to go back to those. But at the same time, I I don't expect everyone to be as crazy about collecting old plastic cartridges and discs as I am. I guess. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Stephen, do you also think that we might be a little bit too far into the current generation of consoles to be still releasing so many remasters and re-releases and remakes and all that kind of jazz? No, I think sort of. Like with the Bioshock that came out recently, that's, I guess there are people that missed out on the earlier games and Assassin's Creed, it's sort of strikes me as they're sort of putting it out to, to make sure people don't forget what Assassin's Creed is by the time the next one comes out in November, 2017, I'm sure it'll happen. Um, I don't know. I think we've got enough games that aren't remasters coming out at this point that it doesn't bother me that we're still getting them because I guess early in the generation, there were a, so there was a sort of point where there were almost it seemed like more remasters than original games but now it's kind of a an even split that's yeah it doesn't really bother me you win yeah what about you yeah no i'm i'm kind of in agreement there like i don't think there's a necessarily wrong or a right time to release a remaster or, or a remake i think it certainly makes sense in the sort of early or like earlier into the cycle because you know it allows developers to sort of test out the hardware and gain some familiarity with it um without like without producing an entirely new game on that system um but yeah like i think it's really kind of kind of uh on a individual sort of basis uh you know like you said that the assassin's creed kind of remakes my uh sorry remasters i get all this terminology confused um <laughs> might be a little too soon because it's only just kind of like one generation's gap um i certainly hope they don't start remastering any like ps4 or xbox one titles um <laughs> but uh but yeah like I, I don't think there's necessarily like a wrong or a right time um I think the number of remasters, although it seems like there's still a fair amount, I think the overall number of them has kind of reduced a little bit. Uh, it wasn't quite like it was in that first year with these consoles. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's gone too far. I think it's it's all right. But, uh, you know, like, moderation. It's like anything, right? Uh, I, think, I think it's okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well... Moving on to the next topic and something that uh, people might find uh, that these developers have gone too far on is the topic of early access ethics. So developers of the hit Steam uh, early access game Ark Survival Evolve, Studio Wildcard have faced significant uh, fan backlash in the week as they released 
paid DLC content whilst the game still remains part of the early access program. Many complaints have been issued in the review section of the game's Steam page, criticizing Studio Wildcard for prioritizing a quick buck over the uh, completion of the game. Uh, just to read out some of these uh, complaints we've got one saying uh, sta uh, started off as a shining example of how to do early access ended up a complete disaster after the developer went off on adventures of making survival of the fittest console versions and paid expansion while still in early access uh, we also had another one saying they must have given up on developing this game they used to do free content releases and updates under the tag of finishing the game they instead opted for optional dlc and as of now 20 dollars uh, paid dlc as well so is it ethical guys to release dlc for a technically unfinished game you and what do you think oh i'm ready to get fired up on this one jake this is oh yeah this is Put on totally uncalled for this is way out of line and yeah and it frankly is totally unethical um so i think i think they have been lucky to get away with this for so long because console iterations is one thing but to then yeah release like free to play dlc on the platform that it claims to still be an early access for is a major problem but you know this mm. isn't this isn't something that is just a sort of one-off example this is endemic across the entirety of early access um i've spoken before about daisy i'm a big fan on that but uh, like just the sort of release surrounding that game is ridiculous like they use early access as this kind of excuse to like just continually be developing a game almost as a platform. It uh, it was intended, I think, as a way to like as it says, like early access. Like we this game is still under test, but eventually will release. Like you'll get all the packages and we'll sort of be done with it. Mm. Uh, but it's not mm. like it's just been this kind of allowance for a game to come out in very early stages and for the game to just kind of progressively kind of roll out almost as if it was a platform. But yeah, then to like lump kind of paid DLC on top of that is yeah, kind of a slap in the face to people that were there kind of day one, put that money thinking they were putting it towards the like the development of the game only for the developers to then take that money, go off, do console versions and then come back and start asking for more money from the people there from the start. Uh, so yeah, like I think this is totally way out of line um, uh, and it, it just it just makes me really worry about early access as a thing. Cause I think like it had good intentions. It came from a good place, um, but it's just been totally abused, uh, not by everyone, but by a few like particular examples uh, of which there are numerous examples now, sadly. Um, so yeah, like this, I was really disappointed to see this, to be honest, cause uh, I've, I've seen these developers speak. They seem like decent people. Uh, they, they, have a have an interesting game for the most part and they have a loyal fan base um but i think yeah they've really made a poor decision here steven are you just as angry as young ewan i mean i don't get angry very much but i mostly agree like early <laughs> access sits i don't know it's a weird idea like at what point does the game stop being early access and become ready for release like yeah. i i wrote a, an article for press start a little while ago about um like no man's sky and sort of having to release it at some point you can't just stay you know development forever otherwise it'll never be finished but i feel like you have to have at least released something to say yep this is ready to go before you're charging people for more parts of it it's i, I don't quite understand how you can justify saying here is a game that we it's not ready to be released properly 
please give us some more money for more stuff that adds on to the thing that's not actually finished yet. It's, yeah, I, I just don't quite understand how this has even become a thing. Like, early access is so broadly defined, it's, yeah, it boggles my mind. Yeah, like, uh, imagine if The Last Guardian, for instance, they released as early access 10 years ago, and they spent <laughs> <laughs> spent the next 10 years of which now has transpired, developing the game. And then it just kind of like, just kind of paid it out. Like it just kind of was eventually just there. Like it just doesn't make sense. Instead, like I think developers need to, they, they need to release finished products. And this is a bigger problem because we're obviously having lots of games coming out with day one patches or kind of various large uh, add-ons way after release. Um, but, you know, like gone are the days where you got a game and it was feature complete. Like it, I, the development cycle is just it kind of been, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of been twisted on its head slightly. Like I, I, I like the idea of just like you, you pay off that $1 that, sorry, that one off $60 payment or however much a new, new release game is wherever you are in the world. And you get everything that that game inspired to be there on that one disc I don't know if I'm kind of keen on this kind of whole ever-evolving platform, this kind of rollout development sort of cycle. Um, I like kind of getting your finished product and kind of having it all there from day one. But you know, I'd rather wait wait longer to get a game like that rather than have it kind of piecemeal handed to me sort of over a matter of weeks and years. I think but like... It, um, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I agree with you. And, like, I do miss, like, just being able to put a disc in and, bam, play everything that we needed on it is on that disc. Um, but do you think, like, the more and more consoles evolve, the more and more us gamers want that it's just, like, it's just too much to have ready to go at launch and developers need to see, you know, what what comes up in, like, beta testers and uh you know on on day one what bugs come out and all that kind of stuff like are we just wanting too much for gamers that our expectations are probably just a little bit way off of what can be put on that disc yeah well maybe and maybe that is the case you know like i i'm obviously not a game developer so i can't speak to the technicalities of it but if indeed it is taking longer for developers to produce games then i'm advocating that they take that time i'm not saying we adhere to a strict like two three year release schedule if it's gonna take them an extra year or whatever to produce for the next generation of consoles on average, then I'm all for them taking that time. Like I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm sick of kind of like half baked products coming out. Um, Especially when they don't advertise to be like, if they advertise that, okay, this is a platform like, you know, rocket league I think has come out and that was a relatively feature complete game, but then they've just kind of like continued building it over time. They always said they were going to do that. They always said it was going to be free. Uh, So I don't really have any qualms with that. Um, But you know, if like we get to a point where I don't know, like, then the next Naughty Dog game kind of becomes episodic and you get like a mission here and there and whatnot, Mm. as we're seeing, you know, in various games now. I think that's just going to kind of frustrate me. Like, it's like, um, it's like Netflix, right? 
you're going to get, like, Netflix is awesome because you, you get the season, like, right there and then. And you can watch, you just yeah. binge watch your way through an entire season. And then people start complaining, like, oh, we'll have to wait, like, a year until the next season comes out. But, you know, like, you were getting, like, a whole chunk of content, like, there in one go. Um, whereas, like, video games kind of seem to be going, like, the opposite direction. They kind of seem to be going to, like, this, you get one episode a week kind of cable television kind of thing. Uh, and I don't get that. I don't, I don't get that at all, really. What were you going to say, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I'm glad, actually, that you brought up um, Rocket League because I think the fact that they released a game and said, here it is, it's done, but we're going to add more free and you know, occasional paid stuff to it as we go, I think that is a lot easier to swallow than here is Ark Survival Evolved. It's not done, but and it just sort of never reaches any sort of finished state. If they had have gotten Ark to a point where it's like, cool, here's a game, we're going to keep adding to it, but just the fact that it's still marked as early access just means, I know I perceive it as not done, not really ready to be paid money for, but if it were like Rocket League where they released it, going to just add more stuff to it, I think more people would be far more okay with that. Yeah, and let's remember well, Rocket League launched as like a PlayStation Plus free game. I've yeah. I've never put a cent into Rocket League, which actually I'm rather ashamed of because I've played so many hours of that game. I really ought to <laughs> yeah. toss the developers some, some money by this point. Um, but like, even if you did pay, I, I did actually did, I did buy it on PC eventually. Even if you did buy it, like it was only twenty bucks and it was feature complete from the get go. Like there was enough game there. Uh, but they've just kind of built on it beautifully, as they always said they were going to. So I think messaging is important as well. I want to I want to add that on top of what I was saying prior. Yeah, totally. Well, do you guys think that maybe, you know, is this a case that uh, like early access means something different these days, or do you think that this like the arc survival kind of scenario is just it? They've they've blown it out. Like they just have done something that they shouldn't have done and early access still means early access before the game's finished. Um, I think there's enough examples now that we're a little wiser. We know when something is saying early access, we sort of treat it with a level of skeptability now. Skepticism. Skepticism now. Uh, skeptability. Skeptability. Making up words. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we kind of treat early the sort of term early access with yeah, a bit of skepticism now um but yeah like it's meaning i guess it's meaning in the eyes of the consumer has changed uh it's literal meaning isn't i don't think how it's kind of interpreted anymore uh so i think yeah as as consumers we need to be a little bit more kind of skeptical of early access but I don't think it should change. I think like it really should be, hey, we're a small indie developer. We've got this cool idea for a game. We've got some working code, uh, but we could really do with some kind of like advanced sales to this game to help us finish the process. And then like within a year to time or whatever, like here it is. Here's the game. Here's everything we said we were going to add. We're done now. We're going to add some DLC down the line. You know, the first five are going to be free and then we're going to start asking you for like $5 a pop or something like that. I think that is how early access should be handled and that's how the sort of messaging should be communicated. Cool. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's uh, move uh, in quickly into the, the next two topics. They kind of go hand in hand, but not really. Um, <laughs> one... The Last Guardian has been delayed once again. Can I get a... Uh, uh, yeah, nice. Crowd participation. <laughs> uh, so it's now delayed until December 6th, correct? Yes. 
Yes, I believe so. That's what it's saying here. Uh, this is just getting ridiculous, don't we think? Yeah, this is a joke. Come on. Um, it does. It does say in the statement here that you know, uh, you know that they've encountered more bugs than anticipated in the final stages. But you're kind of like, well, you've had uh, you've had like ten years to figure those bugs out. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah, and also, ah, uh, we're anticipating some bugs, but they're actually turned out to be more than we thought. Like, wh- what are they? Uh, <laughs> what have you been doing the rest? Yeah. Of the time? Why? Why were you? Why did you know there were going to be bugs? Like, I guess there's always bugs, but like, how did you? What were you planning on doing? Like, it's it's only, like, a month away from its original release date, just, like, a little over. Like, this game should have been going gold kind of about now. And, oh, look at this, guys. There's a lot more bugs here than I thought there was going to be. Whoopsie-daisy. Uh, yeah. It yeah. C- Sort this out, guys. Come on. It's time. <laughs> it's time. It's just... It's, it's going to release and just... It's going to flop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I have sort of two points of view on it. Like, firstly, you have stuff that if they released it before it was really done, then we could have a whole other No Man's Sky debacle controversy about releasing unfinished games. And I guess they want to, they, yeah, the last thing they want is to be in that sort of crossfire, like, um, yeah, like Hello Games were. But the only other part for me is that I still haven't played Shadow of the Colossus yet, so I'm not really too bothered. I'm sure I'll, sure I'll play it when it comes out, but. Yeah, I've waited this long. It's not really going to bother me for another <laughs> month or so. Yeah, and I know I was just saying, like, take the time, guys. Like, if it's going to take you longer to develop a game, do it. Just, like, release a final product. But this game has been <laughs> being developed for 10 years. Like, hmm. I just I just kind of... I'd love to know what's going on inside this studio. Like, what the kind of messaging is, what the sort of feeling is. Uh, like... This like numerous people must have changed in the studio in the time that this game has been in development, and uh, just like bravo to them, hats off to them. They've stayed persistent, but yeah, like I I think this game probably should have been cancelled a long time ago, and yeah. I think they've really been trying to beat life back into a dead horse. Um, and it, I think it is going to come come out and just kind of yeah, not not perform well either commercially or critically, uh, and it's just going to be a monumental waste of time. That's... I think similarly to the last topic, it's all about messaging, like getting people excited for a release date and then missing it. It's just going to make people disappointed. It's just kind of how it works. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is my guys. other thing. Don't announce a game until it's ready or you know yep. it's going to be ready. That's that's yeah. my other sort of shtick with the industry at the moment, I guess. <laughs> how did Fallout 4 not set a precedent for this kind of thing? Like they yeah. announced it a couple of months ahead of time and now we've got... You know, obviously, Last Guardian was a bit before that, but stuff like Final Fantasy fifteen getting delayed and things like that. It's like, I don't know. Don't release or don't release. Give us release dates so far ahead when you. Who knows if you're going to meet it? Yeah, I think E three yeah. is E three next year is going to be like the real sort of big result from how Bethesda handled it because you know, yeah, what they did was the like just the epitome of what you should do in announcing a game, uh, mm-hmm. and I think you know like. When we see Red Dead, it's going to be very much a matter of this game is out in a few months' time. Um, probably similar, Ubisoft will do some similar things with Far Cry, uh, Assassin's Creed, perhaps. Um, they even kind of did something similar with Watch Dogs this year, really. Uh, so, yeah, I think that definitely will become the norm, but it's just going to take a little bit of time for those effects to flow on. And to uh, briefly mention some more sad news, uh, Fallout 4 and Skyrim mods are not 
coming to PS4. Are you guys uh, a little bit sad about that uh, at yeah. all? Are you mod people? Well, I mean, like, I was going to play on PC anyhow, probably. So it's not a huge loss for me. But yeah, I've just kind of, like, decided that Bethesda just kind of hate PlayStation. I don't particularly <laughs> know why. I don't know what PlayStation ever did to them. But, you know, Skyrim didn't work in the first place. And mods, they said, were going to come. And now they're they're not coming. Don't know. I don't, don't know who I'm kind of, pissed them it, off. I think the worst part is that, like... It would be okay if neither console supported them, but now that you have Xbox supporting them, unless there's a massive performance difference between the two of them, there is like a reason not to buy it on PS4 and to get it on Xbox One. It seems weird that they would just give Xbox a win in that sort of category. Yeah, Mm. and if you're picking favorites, Xbox, really? Like, (laughs) guys, come on. What kind of man are you, Ewan? (laughs) You're not an Xbox man, what are you? Oh, I thought we established that I'm a Sony guy. Have oh, we not? No, I own an Xbox. Like I, I, I love. I'm a big Halo obsessed fan. I, I've grown up with PlayStation. Uh, but that was. I was just being a bit of a joker. Nothing, nothing against Xbox guys. It's all good here. Well, I mean, you said you're a bit of a, a Sony fan, and you did mention your uh, PC before that you were going to play Skyrim or Fallout or whatever it was going, on. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you like yeah. this, you like this. Last topic, here it comes, guys. Uh, so Sony thinks that PS4's main competition is the PC. What? So Andrew House, he says, I saw some data that really influenced me. It suggested that there's a dip mid-console lifecycle where the players who want the very best graphical experience will start to migrate to PC because that's obviously where it's uh, to be had. Sony boss Andrew House said, we wanted to keep those people within our ecosystem by giving them the very best and very highest performance quality. So the net uh, result of those thoughts was the PlayStation 4 Pro and by and large, a graphical approach to game improvement what do you think of that ewan huh uh is he wrong so, is he right how's he i love you playstation i love you but guys you got this so wrong like if you think your playstation pro is gonna compete with like the gtx 1000 series and nvidia graphics cards you are horribly mistaken like we said this last week that if graphics are all you care about for whatever reason you should be playing games on PC. Like, stop stop complaining about the lack of power on consoles. Consoles do their own thing. Like, consoles, you put the game in, you know it's going to work, you know you're going to get, like, a comfortable experience, uh, and it's just going to be really sort of smooth and just easy to use. Like, that's, that's why you go console. It's just the convenience. It's the multiplayer. That's what it's there. If you want a graphical powerhouse, why are you not playing on PC? Like, this... Like, this PS4 Pro isn't going to cut it. It's not going to come close, really, to like a, a, a decent sort of PC rig. So, yeah, how Andrew House is mistaken here, I, I feel. Steven? I'm going to be controversial, PS4. man. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, he his description of people moving across to the PC is exactly what I did towards the end of the last console generation. Like, games were so much worse on the 360 and ps3 that i don't know like you try and play skyrim or fallout and they were just felt kind of crummy compared to the pc versions and for that reason i moved over to pc but i guess at the moment i don't have a gaming capable computer anymore just because i couldn't be bothered dealing with 
PC things. I don't want to go into the detail, but there was a lot of <laughs> stuff that kept going wrong. Um, but I, I like being able to, as you and said, just put a game in, download a patch for half an hour, whatever, <laughs> and, and, then, and then eventually play it. Um, but like, if the PS4 Pro is good enough to stop games being really worse experiences on console, it could be enough to stave off that desire to go and build a PC. And I'm not sure that it's competing with the GTX 1080s of the world, which cost more than the PS4 Pro by themselves, let alone the PC to go around it. I think it's just got to be enough to keep people on the PS4, or I guess it'll probably be similar when the Xbox Scorpio comes out, a similar sort of idea, enough to keep you from thinking, nah, I'll just throw my consoles off to the side, build a $1,500 computer, and that's where I will play games from that point forward. It just has to be good enough to to keep me on PlayStation and hopefully that's what it'll be. I, I don't really want to build a computer again. They're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you make a good point. Like maybe, I guess my sort of, my thinking was that like it, there's too big a gap between like a P or there is a gap between a PS4 Pro and a PC. Oh, totally. But, yeah. but maybe that gap isn't really that, big enough to justify spending another thousand dollars on uh like that would you sort of be the price i guess you need to pay for a pc over a ps4 pro uh mm. so yeah like maybe it does just kind of close the gap enough that it satisfies console players and and doesn't sort of tempt them over to to pc um but yeah like you know their, their conference last week was just so focused on the technical aspects of it and i'm like if you're really so hung up on these technical aspects i don't think console is the right space for you like i mm. i own an abundance of consoles sorry that's a bit i i like like i i own consoles <laughs> and i always have and even when i got a pc i i still got like a ps4 and i still got an xbox one because a you've got the exclusive games on there and b there's something to be said about just kind of like sitting on a couch and front of your tv in your living room or next to your friends or whatever and just playing a game there like it's not always a comfortable sort of convenient experience for me to hunch over a desk and play a game on pc um for certain things that's fine but other games like sort of open world kind of games big long rpgs i like playing those from the comfort of my couch so i'll get those for a console um so i like i think like it should be those kind of reasons that you choose to play a game on console rather than a PC. Like if it's purely technical, mm. if that's your interest, then yeah. Like I think why are you not playing on a PC would be my question. Yeah, I totally agree. Like if you, if you want the best of the best, you're not going to get it in a $500 box. As no matter how much you want it, it's just not yeah. going to happen. You have to have to pay for it. You have to deal with windows, deal with drivers. It's all, it, it's not that bad. I make it out to be a horrible thing. It's it's not too bad. It's way better now than it has been in the past. You've got Steam Big Picture, even if you want to still have most of the console experience with a little bit of annoying niggly stuff, it's still, still you can have sort of your console games looking nice, looking nicer on a PC hooked up to a TV with a, I don't know, an Xbox One controller or whatever you choose. So yeah, I, t I totally agree. If you want the best of the best, don't buy a console, but if you don't want to bother with computers, then consoles are there for you. Yeah. But if you want the comfort of a console experience with a little bit more power, then, hey, the PS4 Pro is for you. Hopefully. I think I think the best way for us to really, uh, you know, come up with the best advice for people around this topic is for Sony to send us a 
PS4 Pro <laughs> uh, so we could actually uh, put it to the test. Hey, Sony? Yes, please. Guys? Yep, that would be nice. Do you reckon nice. they watched Chappie uh, and like saw them stacking up all the PS4 Pros to like hack into the the robot and went, hey, hey, these guys are onto something. We should just start stacking PlayStations to make more powerful PlayStations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Genius. I like to call it the Big Mac of the PlayStation yeah. world because that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. I know it's not the topic, but man, it just, yeah, Big Mac, it just look a, looks like a sandwich. It's so weird. Oh, you yeah. guys are talking like Big Mac is in the McDonald's burger? Yeah, it's got the three layers oh, of bread. I thought it was like and some then you've got your delicious gamey meat in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I love it how you gave a polite laugh as well, you and even yeah. though you didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> I'm just being a good guest. Um, oh, oh, my God. So I want I want like skins for the PS4 Pro now where it's got like the buns and you can add like a pickle oh. <laughs> down one of the crevices and... Then a exclusive meat McDonald's the Big Mac sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly patent some patent some skins so no one takes that yeah. idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Well, that brings us to like all the topical stuff that you want to do, Ewan. Yeah. Did we want to play a game of what the week? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I okay. have the questions ready to roll. So yeah, we know what the wiki last week sadly because we were just busy talking PlayStation, uh, but. It's back this week, so I've got a round ready when you guys are. Quick recap, what are the rules, uh, just in case I jump in when I shouldn't? Sure. Uh, what you have to do is not answer the questions and let Jake <laughs> answer the, all the oh, questions. I see. <laughs> yeah, so I am going to read uh, Wikipedia synopsis for certain games, keeping their games, their titles of the game anonymous, uh, and it's your job to try and guess what the game is. Uh, when you feel like you know the answer say your name or make some sort of loud exclamation and i will give you an opportunity to guess if you guess incorrectly the other player gets to hear more of the reading and uh make a guess themselves and obviously those of you listening at home or in your car or riding to school on horseback you can play along too um awesome good to go <laughs> i was trying to get the scores up but i can't find i think the app. I think if they were riding to school on horseback, I don't know if they'd have the device to be able to listen to our podcast. Don't horses come with Bluetooth now? I thought. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, right. Well, I, hope I know. Actually does I like. That. I know they awesome. removed the 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 headphone jack from horses, but I assumed that Bluetooth was <laughs> yeah. still was still there. It used to be in the <laughs> ear hole, but not anymore. <laughs> Uh, so the scores are Shannon is still in the lead on four. Ferrigus, Medi, Matt, Kevin, and Seamus are all tied on two, uh, and myself. I'm on one point, Jake on nil. Have you... I don't think you've played this game before, Stephen. I've not got you on I my haven't. list. Oh. Nope, not yet. Oh, so Stephen and Jake oh are competing goodness. for their first points. Making it's my debut. All righty. So I'm not sad. <laughs> 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 All right, game number one. The game is a racing video game set in an open-world environment based in Australia, with the map said to be twice... Jake. Jake. Is it... Forza Horizon. It three. is Jake Bravo. Oh, oh my god. He's in the competition everyone. He's a, that was a dead that was a dead easy one. Um, you I can see surely that's that was too easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you knew what that was, Stephen. Uh so, game number 2. I nearly read the title of the game. That was close. Uh the <laughs> game is a card battle game part of a Ugh. franchise. It is planned for release in Q3 2016 for Android and iOS platforms. Unlike other prominent collectible card games in the genre, which are played in turns, the game is played in real time. The players collect and place Titan, 
pilot and burn cards to damage and defeat Steven. their opponent. Steven? Um, that Titanfall card game that was announced earlier today. <laughs> 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 no, uh, the one? <laughs> yeah, I'll pay that. It was a tricky one. Yes. It was announced yesterday. It is Titanfall Frontline. It's a card oh, battle game based on Titanfall. That's what a you've thing. always wanted. It's Yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, game number three. Are we ready? Contestants. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. The game is an upcoming side-scrolling auto-runner platformer video game developed by Nintendo for mobile phones. Steven. Oh, Jake. What? I don't know who that was. Oh. It was definitely I me. feel like it was Jake, but he went <laughs> before saying his name. I said, so, oh, Jake. <laughs> uh, okay, Jake, what's the game? Super Mario Run. It is, Jake. Congratulations. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so After happy. 19 oh episodes of playing this game, <laughs> you have you didn't finally have to say scored that. a point. Uh, uh, Jake, which means we're, we're tied on points. Bravo. Oh, whoops. Uh, are we? I accidentally deleted you from the app rather than adding a point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pressed the wrong button. Thanks for the there support. That was... Uh, that's uh, you having that optimism about me getting on the scoreboard. <laughs> uh, there we go. There we have a Jake. You're final on the scoreboard, tied in equal third place at the moment with me. Yeah, uh, so good. Yeah. I will have I'm my revenge. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped for Super Mario Run. I can't wait. I've I've said in the app store for it to notify me when it releases. Oh, you so can do that. Day one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, in, it's like the first thing that they've Apple. done. Wow, like first notification yeah. things. Yeah, really cool. that's pretty cool. You can't like. Uh, I don't know what it's like on Android. Have it set to preload? No, they're not like. Following. I don't know what it will do. To be honest, I don't know if it will just download or whether it'll just say, "Hey, it's on here. Yeah. Download it." So I'm, I'm interested. We'll it find be out. Fun. It'll be great fun, and we've also had great fun on the podcast here tonight. So why don't we wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. I was just going with you. Sorry, <laughs> well, man. If you didn't, if I you didn't guys realize didn't it was want a question. To, we didn't I assumed have it was to. rhetorical. <laughs> Well, we could just keep going, like, I mean, if you really want yeah. to. But anyway, let's bring an end to what was episode 69 of the Startcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and any other podcast service of your choice. And also, do not forget to follow Press Start on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube at Press Start AU, as well as obviously visiting the site at pressstart.com.au to read up on all those articles and all the news that we have talked about today as well as much more uh, remember to send us your topics either tweeting myself or press start or ewan as well and with that i've been your host jake you can follow me on twitter or on instagram at underscore jake barras joining us today was steven yo you can find me if you want on twitter instagram all the fun places at steven impson and we've also been joined by none other than Ewan. Episode 69! Someone had to do it. Uh, yes, uh, I've been Ewan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Ewan T. Roxburgh. Uh, that'll be all I will say. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, I had fun. Hopefully you guys had fun as well. Hopefully everyone listening had a good time. Uh, make sure you tune in next time. And until then, happy gaming. Adios. Bye. Bye.